welcome to Chosen, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel Watch Through Podcast. I am the watcher of the show, filled with infinite wisdom and knowledge to guide my Slayer through her first ever viewing of Buffy and Angel. My name is Mel B, and I am joined by my hopeful Slayer this week, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Mel. How are you? Hopeful, apparently. <laughs> yes, we won't get into all our ranting. We did pre-recording. That's um, why we did a pre-recording. Yep. Exactly. Let's instead <laughs> jump into uh, Buffy this week. Which, sure. Um, is called Help and is a lot of fun in some ways because we get to, like, experience Buffy's first days, well, first days as a counselor. Mm-hmm. I like this episode. This episode mm-hmm. was fun. For the most part, yeah, it got it got dark, but it was fun. Um, so we start off in a funeral home, and these two guys are talking about this lady that just got, you know, they prepared her for the viewing the next day. So we're, I I didn't know if we were not in Sunnydale. I didn't know if we were like in another country and this was gonna be another thing, but no, because 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 Buffy is in a casket, and so is Xander. They had been waiting in there for 33 minutes. <laughs> and Dawn was locked in the kid's coffin. They probably have a kid's lock in there. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Kid coffin made me cringe. I was like, oh, no. And Dawn's tall. Like, she needs an, an adult coffin. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Buffy should have been in the smallest coffin. Exactly. Anyway. Um... So they're talking about all the things that they have to deal with and like they're talking about the whole Willow thing and all the stuff and Buffy goes, there's Willow, there's the looming humongo bad and it's a school night. I should be home in bed cuddling up to my insomnia and worrying about how I'm going to mess up tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, geez. But I thought she had been working. So why is she suddenly worried? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, I get the feeling she hasn't been, that the other events must have all happened close together or something. Maybe. And she hadn't actually started. Yeah. But it just doesn't... I feel like they made it very clear that she's not a counselor. But yeah. then they started talking that she was a counselor. It was a whole thing. I don't know. It made no sense. It's fine. Whatever. Um... So they go up to the body because Buffy's pretty sure she's going to turn into a vampire. And Xander was like, I don't know. Amateur opinion here, but she looks dead. <laughs> like, Thanks, natural Xander. causes dead. And she's like, well, they said in the report in the paper that she had, like, weird contusions and stuff. So she might be a vampire. Um, so she... They're talking, and the lady wakes up and says that she's, you know, evil or whatever. And she has the the eyes and the whole thing. And so Buffy goes ahead and stakes her. And I was like, that was super helpful. Except they probably could have resold that coffin. Because they close it and say, and she said, I thought closed coffins were always better anyway. Yeah. They could have resold that, you know. I mean, they probably still will anyway, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Yep. It's empty now. Yeah. So we uh, are at school the next day and Buffy, the counselor, is um, having to meet with her first uh, kid. 
she uh th- this girl was getting bullied yeah and so she got sent to the principal's office to talk to the counselor because apparently she had beat this kid up we find that out later on the sequence of different people talking to her i'm i'm behind it like if he's pulling your hair and being mean punch him well apparently she like slammed him into the concrete which that might have been overkill okay maybe just just <laughs> just a little yeah um <laughs> But I, I, I agree, if someone is uh, harassing you, do something about it. Don't just let them do it. Especially if it's the whole boys will be boys nonsense. Don't do it. Ugh. As in, don't let them do it. Anyway, um, this one kid didn't want to talk to her, and he kept saying he didn't want to talk to her, but then ended up, ended up talking to her about mm-hmm. his brother going into the military. And how Yes, that is the kid from Home Improvement, by the way. Yes! Uh, the oldest son from Home Improvement is also in there. Talking about how, quote-unquote, his parents are divorcing, except they're not. And he was just in there to hit on Buffy or something. Yeah, so gross. Yep. yep. Um, or apparently he just wanted to be out of class. Who's to say, really? Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, so that, that girl who beat up that bully. And... Um, there's a quote, it's going to be bad, it's going to be real bad, and when it comes, will I be able to help? I think she, oh, no, 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 this was, we had Willow and Xander walking and talking about how, you know, everything's weird now, and she has to learn to control her magic, and she doesn't know if she's going to be able to control her magic because of, you know, the fact that she turned herself and them invisible without meaning to. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you um, know, fair, fair fierce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she wants to know if she'll be able to help when the time comes, because everything's going to be real, real bad soon. And Xander actually nails it with one of his analogies. He uh, likens controlling magic like hammering a nail. Mm. So, okay, I guess that works for me. Yeah, no, I think it's great because, you know, if you hit too soft, nothing happens. If you hit too hard, the nail bends. But yeah, and he's also saying, like, if you hold it at the very end of the handle, you're not going to have as much control. So you got to mm. get up in there, and then you'll be fine. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, so get up into the magic and hold on to it. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, coconut skull. Oh, sh- and also uh, Willow says something about she doesn't want to accidentally break their skulls like coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> Coconut skulls are something to worry about. Mm. But I'm sure we'll be able to get in the swing of things. But she's got to practice not being evil. Yeah. That's the conclusion I've come to. Yes. being being It's easy to be evil once you've done it once. <laughs> yeah. Not as easy to go back. Once you go evil, you never go back is what the, I think the saying is. <laughs> anyway it is now <laughs> so she's going to visit tara's grave uh, uh i didn't understand her putting rocks on the gravestone tombstone um i actually don't know either okay that's I, fine just a, i just accepted it as a thing mm-hmm uh we go back to buffy counseling hour and that kid that brother is going into the military says he doesn't want to be left all alone she says sounds like your brother's a pretty tough guy 
Uh, there's a kid saying, I'm worried that I'm gay, so will you go on a date with me so I can figure it out? Ew. I hate the whole faking being confused in order to get a date. Yeah, no. We're, we've been Bye. rewatching. We've been rewatching The Office actually because we need something that makes us happy in these troubling times. And mm-hmm. um, there was the episode. I don't know if you've ever watched The American Office. Um, I haven't. Okay, there's a new HR person that comes and she's talking to the only gay guy in the office. And when he first starts talking to her and asking her if she has any plans for the weekend, she says, I'm a lesbian. He goes, oh, I'm gay. And she goes, I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> and he goes, why? And she goes, I was just making a joke. He, go, he goes, how is that funny? And she goes, well, I don't know. Like, I haven't been on a lot of dates and I haven't been having a lot of luck. So maybe I should uh, switch to women. He goes, oh, so you think it's a choice? And she was like, uh, uh, he goes, I'm joking with you. <laughs> so that that's what it made me think of. Anyway. Um, and so she's talking all these things about a sister that is trying to protect somebody and they might be overbearing, but they're doing it for a reason. And it was totally Dawn. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. And apparently uh, Buffy borrows Dawn's clothes without asking. <laughs> I'm kind of, like, at the point where I'm like, Buffy, aren't you a little bit old to be borrowing your teenage sister's clothes? If they fit. Actually. So, um, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but my mum and I are essentially estranged. But we went through this rocky period when I was in my teens where I still went and saw her. So mm-hmm. I would have been, like, 15 or something. And I'm at her house and I'm looking at her skirt, looking at her skirt, looking at her skirt. It was my skirt from when I was, like, 12 because my mom's tiny. Mm-hmm. And That's I'm, like, 15, funny. and I'm just there going, Mom, is that my skirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, me and my mom were never into the whole sharing clothes thing. My mom has given me clothes, like, that she can't wear anymore. Um, but, I mean, if you can fit into somebody's clothes, why not? Leon has literally worn some of my clothes before because <laughs> we wear basically the same clothes, mm. size. Yeah. <laughs> And I haven't, I haven't grown much since I was a teenager. So I have a lot of like t-shirts and stuff from yeah. when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, and also I have a pair of pants that I've had since seventh grade that used to be jeans and are now like cutoffs. You showed me those. Yep. <laughs> Man, those things have been, have seen some things. Anyway. <laughs> I, I do envy um, I do envy you for that. I'm just like I, I can't fit clothes that I wore in high school. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a whole thing. Um so there's this girl, her name is Cassie. For whatever reason I thought her name was Liz. No clue. <laughs> that it was giving me strong Luna vibes. She does. Thank you. Um And she's talking to Buffy about how she doesn't really care about her grades because she doesn't really care about school because she's not going to be graduating anyway. And Buffy's like, why won't you graduate? And she goes, because next Friday I'm going to die. Yep. And it was like, well, that would be a reason. But Buffy takes this very seriously, which she should, and she thinks that she's suicidal. And Cassie's like, no, no, no. I'm not suicidal. I just know I'm going to die. Yeah. I can't tell you how I know, but I know. Inevitable. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, is she a seer or something? Like, can she tell the future? Um, but she does tell Buffy that she likes her shirt and she should put a sweater on to protect it. Yep. Very important. Because um, we go into Principal Woods' office and are talking about Cassie. And she's like, she said all these things and I don't know what to do. And he was like, well, you were right to come to me, but we can't really do much. Mm. It's like, lovely. Um, and he's talking about how, something about how he, a guy was talking crap to him, so he had to tell him he was going to beat him up when he was a kid. But um, he goes, people take threats very seriously. And Buffy goes, in the hood? And he goes, Beverly Hills, which is a hood. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, way to go, Buffy. Buffy Stereotyping. Was, sorry, was that like low-key racist of Buffy? Oh, yeah. Low-key. Mm-hmm. Because you always say, like, black people come from the hood. Yeah, I, I just wasn't sure. I suspected, but obviously not being American, I was like, I'm not yes. sure. Yes, yeah, low-key racist. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, apparently Woods comes from Beverly Hills. Fancy and schmancy, as I, as I understand it. Um... And Buffy goes, I don't usually get a heads up before somebody dies. And Wood's like, do you normally find out later that people die? (laughs) And so she has a cup of coffee and she goes to walk and she runs into the desk because clumsy Buffy and gets coffee all over her nice white shirt. I wonder if it's Buff, if it's uh, Dawn's shirt. I think it is. That would is. be terrible. That would be terrible. For some reason, there's something in my head saying that it is Dawn's shirt. Well, that's probably why Dawn was super upset about her wearing that shirt. Yeah. And borrowing her clothes all the time. Anyway, so she, this girl can tell the future. I don't know if she can, like, see things happen, but she at least knows that they're going to. And gets, yeah. like, inclinations that, hey, warn somebody about this because this is what this is going to be. She's she's got a she's she's got an idea like just just like a sense at the very least. Yeah. So Buffy wants Dawn to try to become friends with Cassie to try to infiltrate the whole thing. And Cassie is hanging out with is it Daniel? Um, Mike. Mike, I think is the name. I'm just looking at the cast list. Yes, Mike. Mike. I don't know why I thought Daniel. Anyway, um, so him and Cassie are hanging out, and they're talking. Uh, he's talking about uh, they should get matching tattoos that are uh, snake with flames coming out of the mouth, which is super a cool idea for a tattoo. Except it's super lame. It's um, also very cultish. Yeah, that's problematic. <laughs> but apparently, lame is funny, so that works. Okay. Something I learned from the new hip kids or something. <laughs> the, ki- the kids with their lame and all that. <laughs> um, so Mike uh, asks Cassie, he's like, hey, we should go to the winter formal together. And she is like, nah, I'm not going to be around. So no. And he was like, all right, well, I got to go study for this history test. She goes, you're going to get a B. And he's like, Nah, I'm gonna get an A. Girl. Bye. (laughs) Bye. And so Don goes up and tries to talk to Cassie. 
she's reading Slaughterhouse Five. For fun. Do I know what that is? It's. Mm, I've I, uh, I've read parts of it. Let me look up the description real quick because it's it's a classic. I'm I'm say. loving this. You're teaching me. <laughs> yes. Um. Uh, eh, 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 Slaughterhouse Five. What is the description? Blah blah blah. Oh, apparently it's banned a lot of places too. Uh, Slaughterhouse Five was banned from Oakland County, Michigan public schools in 1972. The circuit judge there, uh, the accused, they accused the novel of being depraved, immoral, psychotic, vulgar, and anti-Christian. Good for them. Yeah, I think it's about, um, it's a science fiction infused anti-war novel. <laughs> so, um, there is a, okay, there's a movie called Footloose. You've probably heard of it. Yeah. Okay, there's a, have you seen it? Uh. You don't have to, you don't have to confirm no. or deny, it's okay. It's my dad's <laughs> favorite movie ever, which is ironic since my mom hates dancing. <laughs> and gave me a whole bunch of crap when I started dancing in high school. Anyway. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa scene... back up. Your mom gave you crap for dancing? Oh, yeah. And my aunt made her feel bad. Uh, made her feel like she was a bad mother for letting me dance. It's a whole Christian thing. I don't get it. It's it's stupid. Yeah. Okay. We Something can talk I've about learned. this. We can talk about this later. Uh, yeah. Anyway, in, in Footloose at the beginning, when the main character, Ren, moves to this Beaumont uh, city where it's a small town and they're all Christian, go to church on Sunday and the whole thing. Um, they're talking about one of the English teachers wanted to teach Slaughterhouse Five. And they're talking about it. The The parents of this town are talking about it and they were like, we got it taken out of the schools because it's terrible. And he and Ren goes, Slaughterhouse, it, it's a classic. Slaughterhouse Five is a classic. And one of the parents goes, maybe in other towns. He goes, in every town. And so that's when he becomes, you know, he's part of the, he's part of uh, the the downbreak <laughs> of society and all that stuff. Anyway, Slaughterhouse Five. Cool. I haven't personally read it. I've read parts, like I said. Um, I might go and read it now. So there you go. <laughs> read it for everyone in case you want to. Anyway. <laughs> uh, she's reading Slaughterhouse-Five for funds, and Dawn is trying to, you know, get information, and she's like, that Mike's pretty cute, and she goes, uh, didn't he ask you the one of formal, and Cassie goes, about 105 times, and Dawn goes, you said no, and she goes, 106 times, <laughs> fair, an extra no just to make sure. Yep. Um, so apparently, people like Sears and the like are called precogs. That's what we officially call them, apparently, in Buffy land. Yeah. Uh, because we're looking up all these things and we're trying to figure out what's going on with this girl. We're doing a research like good old Scooby should. And this scene is so from the beginning of the whole internet thing, it's painful. <laughs> Because they're looking up all this stuff, and they just go, something is said, and they go, have you Googled her yet? And Xander goes, Willow, she's 17. 
And she's like, it's a search engine, you dummy. Yeah. I was like, wow, that joke does not work now. Everything is, have you Googled it? You could probably Google it. Have you looked it up on Google? It's a whole thing. Anyway, (laughs) Bing never took off, so it's all Google. Anyway, so she has this whole website, which is very helpful. Um, And she puts, like, her poetry and stuff. And there was, they read a poem out that was very, very, um, it was a sloppy word kiss to death, basically. And it talked about word kiss, yes. Word (laughs) kiss. That's what Xander said. Oh, is that actually, that's a direct quote. Yeah, quote, she's giving death a long sloppy word kiss. Unquote. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the poem was long and talked about, like, because she had mentioned coins were going to be involved in her death and all this stuff. Um, so she, uh, this poem was very, like, death-oriented and melodramatic and the whole thing. And well, it's like, you might need to worry about the actual poems. Like, I used to write, lo- I used to write melodramatic poems when I was in high school. And Xander <laughs> goes love poems and she goes i'm over you now sweetie he goes love poems (laughs) i was like okay go away um and so don is like hey i got the perp i know who this whole thing is it's mike (gasps) and nobody's paying attention to her Mm. she keeps using the word perp and i'm like we don't use that in buffy's land okay we are not cops (laughs) no we're not stop it with the police speak and so they're talking about her dad, who had apparently been arrested for, like, drunken disorderlies and domestic violence and the whole thing. Maybe not drunken disorderly. I mean, not domestic violence, maybe other things. But anyway, he's a drunk. That's what it comes down to. So they go over to her dad's house. They do use the name of the... Uh, so in both these episodes this week, they use the title of the episode in the dialogue <laughs> which which I kind of enjoy <laughs> but but basically um or was it something else anyway she goes I'm just here to help or whatever so they go over to maybe I thought something else was going on what oh no 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 the title of the show they she called she goes Buffy the vampire slayer would just knock this door down she goes, Buffy the counselor has to knock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. She used the show title, not like the episode title. That's what yes. it was. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. The other okay. one is the episode title. Yeah. She she did say, I'm trying to help, but I was like, cool, Marissa. That's just like a word. No, no, no. Like, no, no, no. I, I fixed it. But um, I didn't read but, my entire but, note. But, 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 but. Uh, this is, I think, only one of two times she calls herself Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, this is the second time that Buffy refers to herself as Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The first time being in Anne back in season three opener. I guess I missed that. So there you go. Ta-da. Never going to happen again. Anyway. (laughs) It says the second time. I'm not sure if she says it again by the end. I said one of two times, but then when I reread it, it's the second time. We both misread things, Okay. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, so they go in, they're talking to the dad, 
And they're basically like, um, do you hurt your daughter when you're <laughs> drunk? And he goes, uh, no, I would never hurt Cassie. Like, I love her more than anything. And her mom's a big bitch, so that sucks. Um, but he doesn't seem too with it. Because he's probably drunk. Um, the, the Buffy probably shouldn't be going to, ran, uh, to ha- uh, houses of students and interrogating their parents, but okay. Yeah, yeah, um... Yeah, she that's like fireable offense right there. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. In case anybody was wondering. Um so she screwed things up by, you know, being like basically do you hurt your daughter? Okay. Um and basically he's like I only get to see her every other weekend and I just had her this past or one weekend a month and he goes and I just saw her last weekend. She goes, "So you won't be seeing her this Friday." He goes, not unless my ex-wife gets a personality transplant. <laughs> um, and so they go to leave, and they're still not sure what's going on. And Cassie comes out of the shadows, and she goes, it's not him. And she d- she says this whole big, long thing about how she wants to live, and she wants to graduate high school, and she wants to go to college and fall in love and go to the winter formal with a guy that she likes. And, you know, go to college and become something and get married and have kids and go. She wants to go to she wants to uh, ice skate at Rockefeller Center in New York. She wants to do all of these things, but she just she's like, I know it's not going to happen for me. But Buffy's like, you have to tell me all that, you know, so that I can help you because I want to make sure that you can do those things. Yeah. The girl just made me real sad. It is so sad. Yeah. So, um, I thought, because there's this, um, scene where these people in red robes are walking around a fire. I thought it was the thing that, the things that had been chasing girls down all over the world. Apparently not. Apparently we're just tabling that for an episode. Those Um, those guys are in black. These guys are in red. That clearly makes them different. Black and red go together, Okay. Nah, my, nah, my nah. high school. You, your cults, my, your cults have to keep themselves distinct from each other. Are you telling me that cults are like uh, gangs? Yes, you need okay. to know your colors, Marissa. Oh, okay. Well, Remember I'm your sorry. Gang colors. I mean, okay. your cult colors. Whatever. Remember what cult you're a part of. You're either a red cloak or a black cloak. Okay. Why doesn't anyone have yellow cloaks? I'm sure there are. Somewhere. Anyway, moving on. Uh, and these people in red cloaks are walking around a fire that is burning up a picture of Cassie. Yep. Cool. Cool. That's that's um, fine. I didn't understand what was going on. Basically, you're, I don't think you meant to at that point. Yeah. Uh, we have Principal Wood telling Buffy that it's been a long week, and well, thank God it's Friday. And he's like, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> um, everybody's doing research throughout the week and there's a poem of Cassie being read over this montage it's kind of like a training montage with uh, you know just one song playing over it um, <laughs> and we go down into the basement of the school to search for Spike because that's where Spike be that's where he lives now yes and so he's sitting against a wall staring straight ahead and Buffy's like Spike 
what are you doing? He goes, nothing. Because if I do nothing and say nothing, the voices stop. So basically, he's trying to keep the voices from telling him to go to hell. And she wants him to help save Cassie. And she goes, I need to know why this girl is going to die and you can help. And she goes, he goes, well, there is evil around the girl. He goes, there's evil here, down here, right here. I'm evil. No. And the she that he was referring to was, or the girl that he refers to is always Buffy for future reference. <laughs> yep. Yep. Protect the girl. He, yep. He hurt the girl and he's got to punish himself. Ugh. William is a bad man. Is what we get. Yep. And she's like, fine, you're not helpful. I'm going to leave. And he's like, don't leave me. Stay here and help me be quiet. And she's like, I think it's worse when I'm here. Don't let them hurt the girl. That's what it comes down to. Well, damn. Um, so Buffy ambushes Mike in the hallway. Cassie's friend. And... He, they're having a conversation about how he can't, you know, have liked that uh, Cassie rejected him. Because she's finally given some credence to Don saying Mike's the perp, yeah. I guess. And he goes, I don't know, I asked her a bunch of times and she's driving me crazy. She goes, crazy? It's like, okay, Buffy, calm down. <laughs> um... They have reacted very similarly, uh, Buffy and Dawn, to being called the sister of the other. Mm. Like, earlier, Cassie was like, oh, you're you're Buffy Summer's little sister. And Dawn's like, no, she's 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 my sister. sister. (laughs) And then uh, when Mike says something, he goes, you're Dawn's sister. She goes, no, Dawn's my sister. Yep, yep. Let's just establish... Clear boundaries. Important. Yeah, I am. I am the superior one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Principal Wood is trying to open this locker. When they eventually get it open, coins fall out. And there's this really like odd looking coin that um had been in pictures, I think, and like drawings on Cassie's website. I keep wanting to call her Liz for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm going to stop myself. But she finds the coin and finds a kid that owned the locker, and she goes, what is this coin, and what does it have to do with Cassie? And um, he's like, I really don't know what you're talking about, and I really got to go. I got to get the bus home. And she goes all of this stuff about me being a counselor is about connection. She goes, I'm going to connect with your face if you don't stop wasting my time and help me do my job. And I was like, you probably shouldn't be threatening the children. Yeah. (laughs) Threatening students. Turning up to students' parents' house. Yeah. I mean, we know you take your job seriously, Buffy, but calm down. You didn't take your double meat palace job that seriously, so maybe, maybe tone it down a bit. That's all I gotta say. Um, but he says that these guys are wanting to mess with Cassie and think that she's, make her think that she's going to die. Basically? Yep. Yeah. Yep, basically. Um, yeah. so 
um, Dawn and Cassie are walking, and she's like, my sister can help. And she, Cassie's like, I know why you became my friend, because Buffy told you to, because of what I told Buffy during counseling. And it's okay, because we're friends now, but you don't have to do this. You and Buffy have been great, but I don't need help. Yeah. And she's like, but my sister's got powers of helping, so she can help. <laughs> and... um. We get the name of the um, home improvement kids. Uh, his name's Peter here. And he was a total jerk to Don because he was like, hey, Don, do you have a date to the winter formal? And she goes, no. And he goes, OK, I was just doing a poll. Yes, I mean, yeah. like punch that guy in the dick. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we go to the uh, Colt in Red Cloaks, and Peter's one of them. They're just kids from the school being idiots. Oh, we lost track of Cassie, by the way. Yeah, she just, like, literally vanished. Yep. That was a thing. Um, so they're the worst, The these guys in cloaks. They are wanting to sacrifice Cassie to this demon that will give them riches. Yeah, that it's like it's kind of lame. Yeah, well, but so I teenage boy. Well, I don't think the other guys thought it was real until yeah. he brought out Cassie and she was all bound and gagged in the whole thing. Yeah, but you know what happens? You know who one of those people in cloaks are? Buffy. She's infiltrated the group, and she's like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't hurt her if I were you," and. Peter calls her a stupid bitch. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just need to interrupt recording for a moment because oh. I just got a message uh, on my computer. So I looked at my phone and it's from Ryan who says, Oi, I heard that and I'm offended on behalf of all boys. Oh, well, too bad. Sorry about <laughs> your luck. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry for interrupting. Please continue. No, it's okay. Uh, but uh, Peter calls Buffy a stupid bitch, was a which was a really really bad idea because she started beating him up. But they do summon the demon, the lame demon, as Buffy calls him. Um, he looks like Skip from Angel. He does, except for the lack of wings. He should get wings. Yeah, wings make everything better. Um, but basically, Buffy's like, well, I'm going to kill this demon and then beat you up, Peter, because you deserve it. <laughs> um, and she's kind of getting her ass kicked by this lame demon. And Spike to the freaking rescue up in this piece. Uh, and he just keeps saying no hurting the girl. And it was yeah. kind of sweet. Um... So they set the demon on fire, and the fire was really nicely CGI'd in this episode. Except <laughs> not really, but it's fine. Um, and so the other guys disband, and Buffy beats up Peter a little bit. Oh no, Spike beats up Peter. And every time he punches him, he has to clutch his head because the chip still <laughs> works. Yeah. But he keeps doing it. So he's like, you Yeah, it's worth it. You don't touch my Buffy is basically the moral of the story yeah. for Peter here. Um and so you know, they're going they're gonna leave Peter where he is and the whole thing and he's hurt. And 
uh, Spike cuts Cassie free and he's like, you're going to be okay, Buffy's going to take care of you. And she's just like, she'll tell you. Someday she'll tell you. And I was like, well, I guess we have something to look forward to. Ta-da. Do we? Yep. I trust (laughs) Cassie and her precog abilities. (laughs) He wants her to say I love you, and that's what this is referring to, so watch out, world. <laughs> when do you think it'll happen? Probably like, what do you think the situation will be? Sorry. Uh, I, I think the last episode. I said the What's last the situation going to be? I don't know. Give me some time. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll draw out this whole big long scene, and it's going to be beautiful, and then I'm going to get crushed by it being like super lame. Anyway, um, the the demon straight explodes Cool Beans. Peter was yep. super upset that um, it didn't give him the riches that he wanted. Yeah. And basically, uh, Peter's like, help, I'm bleeding. And Buffy's like, sorry, my, my office hours are 10 to 4. I can't help you. And... Uh, they're talk. Uh, Cassie and Buffy are talking as they're walking out, and she, uh, Buffy's like, "See, you can make a difference," <laughs> and she just goes, "And you will." Uh, Cassie says that to Buffy, as mm. Buffy catches an arrow that was part of the booby trap that one of the guys had set up. Yeah, and then Cassie just straight passes out. Yep. Well, after she's like, "See, one person can make a difference." Yada yada yada. And then, yeah, just falls to the ground. She doesn't even pass out. She just dies. Instant death. Yep. Like, she's just dead. Yeah. Um. So her heart gave out, I guess. Congenital the, heart defect. Yeah, that her mom never told her about. Mm. Okay. Um. So, why, okay, I just want to have a quick conversation. Why wouldn't a mother tell their daughter that they have a heart defect that could cause them to die at any minute? I don't know, like, yeah, like, just, just just, tell them so they're aware. Maybe she didn't want to cause anxiety. She's like, if she's anxious, her heart rate will be up and that'll, like, you know, increase the chances. Yes. She went through a lot of stuff in this episode, so, especially in this last scene, so maybe that's what did it. Yeah. But, yep, that's it. She just, no matter what Buffy did, she couldn't actually save Cassie. It's immoral. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're sitting in the uh, living room and Dawn's crying and Buffy's all sad and Willow's like, I didn't really have anything to do with this. Um, And Buffy says, because they asked how she knew that she was going to die. And she goes, she just knew she was special and I failed her. And then Dawn's like, no, no, no. You didn't fail her. You did everything you could. There's just some things that you can't help. Yeah, And I think the moral of the story is that you help where you can, even if it's, you know, even if it's not going to change anything, you have to try. Yeah. Good moral. Yes. So, yes. Um, but, yeah, and that's, that's where the episode ends. Mm-hmm. So, international titles. do 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 this is going to be fun. <clears throat> help. Help. In need of help. 
the prediction, helpless, which is hilarious because we've already had an episode called Helpless and yeah. I'm now wondering if, yeah, I'll have to go back and check that. Help with an exclamation mark. <laughs> help, 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 altruist. Help, Whoa. help, help. They're all super lame, to be honest. I don't know. Alturus is kind of interesting. That's the only one that really sticks out. Yeah, so that was the Romanians. <laughs> Hello, um, Romanians out of nowhere. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. thanks. You just randomly turned up. Um, thank you. We, we appreciate that. Um, now, what did you rate this episode? Oh, I really liked it. Um... It didn't really move anything forward, and it wasn't, like, knocked me on my ass really good. Um, so I gave it I gave it a 9, because it was really good, but it wasn't, like, that extra little thing, and it didn't really move anything. Hmm. Fair enough. I, I liked it. I gave it a 10, but really? I really like I really liked the episode. I don't know why. Um, maybe because it's just interesting. Like, fun fact, there are only two people... In Buffy that die of natural causes. Joyce and Cassie. I was about to say Joyce is one of them. Yeah. Mm. Um, just quickly, uh, Helpless, the episode back in season three when Buffy's powers were taken from her. Yes. The Germans did not call it Helpless. It was the final exam. So that's why they got to use this one and call this one Helpless. <laughs> I see. Because, yeah, they were Helpless on our list. Um what was your favorite moment? Hmm. Favorite moment. Um, okay, I really like Cassie. Um, she, I think because she reminded me of Luna from Harry Potter and Luna's my favorite character. I think that's why I like her so much. Um, so I think I'm going to pick the scene in the library with Mike and Cassie. It was fun and kind of carefree. I liked that. <laughs> kind of cute. Um, mine is actually the montage of Buffy working as counselor. It's just such it's a fun funny. scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a fun scene. Um, and your character shout out this week. Cassie. R.I.P. Yeah, see, I was going to give it to Cassie because I was like, you know, it's her episode. She was here. We we obviously only get her this one time because then she dies. Um, but then I decided to give it to Buffy. Okay. Because Buffy worked so hard to save her and it was just inevitable. Like there was nothing she could do. Yeah. It's sad, but it'll be okay. Buffy will get over it. Yeah. She'll move past um, this and be a better counselor for it. Maybe. So next week's episode is called Selfless. <sighs> Selfless. Yep. Selfless. Okay. Um, you see, it's difficult because... Where my brain is going just kind of mirrors what happened to Cordelia in Angel. Like, losing oneself. But I don't think they would put those two close together in, like, release. You know what mm. I mean? Of the two yeah. different shows. So 
selfless. Um, so when you gave me this episode title before we started recording, you said Buffy is selfless. And you could go, not as in Buffy is selfless, even though she is like the title of the episode. I was like, I get it. It's the title of the episode. <laughs> you didn't have to explain it that way. I got it. Um, but I think it is going to have to do with, um, so Buffy, while being selfless, is also a bit from time to time self-involved and self-absorbed just sometimes not all the time so i think there's we're going to have this episode where buffy is going to not have to um sacrifice herself in the way of um death but but she sacrifices her well-being all the other times Dang it, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> um, well, no, I was going to say that she puts herself on the line, but she puts herself on the line all the time. <sighs> Dang, I really have no clue. <laughs> Selfless. Selfless. Do you want, do you want, want a little prompt or something? I would love get... a little prompt. I am so sorry. We've never done this before, but I just want to see where your mind goes. Uh, what Scooby, well, which Scooby have we not been seeing much of? <laughs> well, we have, okay, well, we haven't been seeing, well, is Anya still considered a, uh, a Scooby? I consider a Scooby anyone who has ever been a Scooby. Okay, so we haven't been seeing Anya lately, except in that one well, we haven't been seeing a lot of Willow either. Well, we've been seeing Willow in England. So Anya's the only one that we haven't been seeing well, a Well, Willow's ton of. back. Well, yeah, I know. We had a whole episode about Willow last week and coming back. I know, but, like, I think, for whatever reason, that doesn't really register with me because she wasn't really interacting with everybody else. I think that's yeah. why it seems separate to me. Yeah. So Anya, then. This is about okay. Anya? What's going to have to, what's going to happen with Anya, then? Selfless. Ooh. Is she going to give up being a vengeance demon again? Because she, like, does Don't. something and it go- it goes terribly, terribly wrong. And since she has, like, some human emotion still from being a human, she's going to feel super duper duper bad about it and then give up her vengeance demon powers. Ooh. There you go. There we go. There's a nice prediction. So... She does something, feels bad, and then wants to give up her powers. Yes, because she still has some human emotions somewhere deep down. Because she can't really feel bad about the whole worm thing until, like, afterwards. I don't even think she felt bad afterwards. Because she was like, this is what you wanted. Yeah, and she's like, I'm going to be in so much trouble for this. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. There we go. Awesome. So with that out of the way, are you ready for your episode of Angel this week? Oh, heck yeah. And so here we are in sunny L.A. You want to know a little back back scene information? Sure. Uh, I play the air violin. During the pause. Oh. (laughs) 
I, I count seconds during the pause. <laughs> I just play the air violin because I know you'll, you'll start us back up. Because <laughs> I think of the, uh, the intro to Angel with the violin. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually just for a fun fact, it's a uh, viola. So it's kind of the next thing up from a violin heading towards a deeper tone. Okay. Remember, I play violin. I'm, I, I know. I was going to learn the Buffy theme, but, you know, my violin's barely touched anymore. Part of me's like, maybe I should just, you know, sell it or something. The other part of me's like, no, I will play it one day. Yeah, my cousin played the violin for a while. I don't know if she still does. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty difficult instrument, actually. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's really difficult. But you know what I can play? I can play the Reigns of Castamere from Game of Thrones, and that's all I need in my life. Well, of course. <laughs> oh man Lord of the Rings I wonder what get, did Joe ever get back to you about what he thought of the movie no he didn't get back to me about what he thought of Lord of the Rings you I was going to chase him. him up yeah yeah do I was it. planning to chase him up I'll do that tomorrow I've because never heard that phrase before chase him up yes weird it's a very common phrase in Australia well that's Australia we don't do that here in America sorry America Yep. Anyway, wow, we started this episode on the biggest tangent ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Angel see, uh, episode four. Yep, season four, episode four. Um, we start with a random... I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to uh, interrupt yes. for two seconds. I was just quickly looking at, you know, the guest stars, co-stars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Co-starring this guy, minivan dad, this lady, minivan mom. This kid, minivan teen. Makes sense. Because we start out with the minivan family. Yes. Um, they break down in the dead of night in a part of town they probably don't know very well. So that's never going to work out for everybody. Connor shows up and he's like, you're in trouble. <laughs> and the dad's like, we're fine. And he just Connor just looks at the kid and he goes, I like your hat. Weird kid. Weird, weird kid. So, um, a tow truck shows up, but it's the vampire tow truck company. We wanted the live people. Just saying. <laughs> um, but Connor puts in some work. He he dusts some vamps and the whole thing, and it's great. Yeah, Connor Connor is following in his dad's footsteps. Yeah. Both his dad's footsteps. Yeah, this kid's smart. Um I thought it was very, very rude of the dad to, like, back away from Connor and, like, run to the van. He just saved you and your entire family. Maybe, like, say thank you? Yeah, just just a quick thank you. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. So then Connor decides to break and enter into his dad's hotel. Good plan, dummy. I thought you didn't want to be around him. Um... So he sneaks into the hotel and he peeks into the lobby where where the last episode ended is where this picks up right this second. So he sees them coming in and seeing Cordelia's back. Dun, dun, dun. So Cordelia doesn't know what's going on. She asks who they are and they're like, we're your friends. This is Fred and Gunn and you're dazed or something, but we're glad you're back. And she's like, so we know each other. And he's like, 
yeah, really well. And she goes, okay, um, who am I? Whole thing. She doesn't remember much of anything. She doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know where she came from. She doesn't, well, yeah, she doesn't know anything, basically. She remembers numbers and animals and flossing. <laughs> she doesn't remember anything else. No. Basically. Um, Total amnesia. Yeah, d- forgetting everything, including yourself, would be the absolute worst ever in life. Mm. And so terrifying. Like, yeah. you see it, she doesn't know... She doesn't know who she can trust or what's going on. Like, to be fair, like, the place is scary with demons and daggers and stuff everywhere and blood. Yeah. When you look at it from an outsider's perspective, you're like, oh, that that's not good. <laughs> um, So they're just like, you know, we're glad you're back, even though you can't remember. And she goes, I've been gone. <laughs> and they're just, they're glad she's back, but they don't know how to handle this. And what this is. Um, They don't want Host to come in because they think that that will freak her out even more. And Fred and Angel go into the office and Fred's like, you have to tell her. We do live in a world of demons and icky things. And he goes, well, I'm going to be super duper selfish because I want her to like me again before I tell her that I'm a vampire. (laughs) Okay. I'm not even mad about that. (laughs) Really? No, I you don't think get it, it. You don't think it's irresponsible. What for him not to tell her? Yeah. So I think they needed to tell her about the demons and all that, but but I get him not t- talking about the vampire thing just yet. Like, hey, by the way, I'm a vampire. Oh well, yeah. I mean, j- but he shouldn't keep her in the dark about everything that could happen to her. No, 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 no. Yeah, anyway. Not everything. Yeah, well, I have the same question as everybody else. Why is she back? Did she break the rules by helping Angel win the slots? Did she? I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Um, They were probably like, you did something to help somebody for financial gain. (laughs) And she's like, no, no, no. I did it for another reason. It just happened to be that he won a bunch of money. And they're like, no. Now we're going to take away your memory and send you back down there. So, suck to suck. Maybe. Anyway, um, they get a phone call at AI. That they let go to voicemail. Cordelia hears herself on the answering machine, which is super weird. <laughs> um, and apparently there is a demon that needs a spa day. Yep. They put in a lot of hard work. They deserve some time to relax. They do. Um, but apparently there's this demon that will be exploding. Um, Babies. I, I said exploding multiplication of demons. <laughs> yep. Essentially. Yep. And so termination is needed and we're going to go take care of it. As in we, yeah. I mean Fred and Gunn. Mm. And Cordelia is like super overwhelmed and she just she just looks at Angel and she goes, I want to go home. Do you know where I live? I was like, oh, sad. Phantom Dennis doesn't know she's back and is never going to know she's back. We're never going to get Phantom Dennis again, and I'm super sad about it. Yeah. And also super sad. They, like, literally just packed up her apartment, like, days earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucks. 
So he shows her out to the room that they put all her stuff in, and he explains, like, you lived at a place, but we had to pack up your stuff because you've been gone, and blah, blah, blah. And she picks up a shoe out of the out of one of the boxes, and he goes, you wore those to the ballet. She goes, we went to the ballet? He goes, well, all of us, but yeah. And I was like, yeah, that time y'all almost banged while being taken over by in love ballet dancers. I remember that. Can I just say how her face kind of lit up when she asked that? Mm-hmm. It's really cute. Yes. I like Cordelia. Um, but apparently, he's like, I want to help you get those memories back. And she's like, that's great, but not tonight. I need to, I need to be alone. And he's like, okay, I'll let you do that. And before he leaves, he goes, you really are among friends. And I was like, you're literally killing me here. I can't handle it. Oh, it was so sad. Yeah. Um, so Cordelia changes into different clothes because she was in that white thing that she had worn to her date with Angel. And she practices saying her name. I'm Cordy. I'm Cordy. And I'm yeah. Cordelia Chase. I was like, oh, all it's of these so don't cute. sound good. It's so cute, though, her just yeah. trying to get a grip of who she is. Oh, yeah. Um... So she has the Sunnydale High Yearbook out, and she's flipping through it. She sees that she was popular, Natch, and she's reading, like, the people that signed her yearbook and totally doesn't understand why they're talking about uh, the school burning to the ground and a giant snake and flaming arrows. Yeah, she's, like, so confused. I don't blame her. Like, that is really confusing. Because yeah, someone <laughs> thanked her for the flaming arrows. It's like, yeah. okay. Hey, Cordy, how about that giant snake? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, one of them, homeroom was fun. Too bad it burnt to the ground. <laughs> um, so she's looking through all these different pictures of herself, and she was like, oh, I was cute, I was hot. That's a weird haircut. And back to cute. <laughs> and then she sees a picture of her angel and her holding Connor, and I think she thinks that, oh, she I know for a fact she thinks that uh, Connor is her kid with Angel. Yeah. She thinks she can't remember her husband and son, as it were. Which is adorable and sad. Yes. Um, so she's walking through the hotel and she hears singing and so she follows it because she's going to run into host funsies. And... Apparently, he's having a conversation with a guy and tells the guy he needs to stop eating whatever he's eating. He's got and an the addiction. Guy, the guy was like slobbering all over himself and it made me kind of sick. Um, but we find out later what he is addicted to. Fun. Um, I thought that Connor was sneaking about. Apparently not. Um, but Angel is downstairs trying to clean everything up and making it look normal, except that he leaves some blood on the, the counter. So you missed a spot. Uh, Cordelia is downstairs when Fred and Gunn come back. She has to like duck behind the counter and they're talking about killing all those nasty little babies. <laughs> they like make this, it sound yeah, terrible. They and there's like this pinkish blood falling off their weapons. Um, I can't imagine the hell that Cordelia is going through. 
I couldn't imagine. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she's like, you guys are crazy. I'm leaving. Runs out. Wolfram and Hart attacks. And she goes back right back into fighting. It's real good. And <laughs> after they're done fighting the goons, she's like, I know what's going on here. I'm a spy and you guys are Russian spies and you want me to hand over whatever the nanotechnology is that I have. It's always Russian spies. Well, always. Yes. And Gun goes, I look Russian to you. <laughs> Black goes, Russian? Yeah. And uh, Angel goes, That's a drink. And she goes, <laughs> Says the head spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, they talk about, she talks about how they're singing and there's weapons and there's blood and there's killing babies and Angie, I just can't handle it. He's like, it's Angel. She goes, whatever. (laughs) Um, so, but being a spy would be pretty baller, to be honest, with everybody. Yeah. Um, we're back in Cordelia's room and... She asks, am I a mom? And he's like, Connor is my son, but you're not his mother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's not his mother, but he was. she was his mom. So everyone can get that straight just right now. Yeah. Um, and so they're like sitting next to each other and she asks if they were together and he says, not exactly. And they go in to kiss and she goes, was I a nun? <laughs> and he goes, what? She goes, we're not a happy family because I was a nun. I was like, oh <laughs> boy. He's like, no, that's, that's not why. <laughs> Meanwhile, she picks up this whole bunch of crucifixes and rosary beads and just dumps them in his hands. Yeah, and then he vamp faces because it hurts a lot. And she screams and runs away. Um, She runs down into the lobby where she... Is this where she runs into host? Yes. Yes. Uh, she runs into host, uh, screams and is all weirded out and... Um, he goes, hey, if this is about that missing lingerie, it was for a friend. I was like, okay, we were <laughs> okay. going to talk about that at some point. Um, <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, and so they're all gathered in the lobby, and Cordelia's like, okay, whatever's going on, you need to tell me the truth. Because this whole lying, deceit thing is really confusing. So you need to tell me everything. And they were like, okay, we'll tell you everything. So they tell her everything, and she does a really good job of summarizing everything. And I'm not going to repeat it because I don't have it written down. That's but fine. she does a really good job. Yeah. Um, and she go, she says something about Angel and his sidekicks, and Gunn's like, I am not a sidekick. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Um, and so they're like, well, you could sing, and Host could read your future, so do that. And she goes, well, what song do I sing? They go, any song, it doesn't matter. So she pr- she picks Greatest Love of All. She's really terrible. Cordelia cannot sing. No, which has been established. Yes, but I think I forgot that. Anyway, <laughs> so she sings the greatest... Nothing's happened, like, since season two. Like, when she's... Yeah. Maybe... 
I have no idea. Anyway, um, so she sings Greatest Love of All, which is a terrible, terrible song. Um, But she sings it, and Host is listening to her, and Fred just goes, does he look a little green to you? I I mean, more than usual. He's like, okay, that's enough. You can stop singing now. That was that was that was great. You did a good job. Um, everything is gonna be fine, and I'm just gonna leave right now. Yeah, and just like he he was about to say something, and he just closed the door so he don't have to answer. Yeah, and Cordelia is like, is that bad? And Angel's like, no, I'm sure it's just. And then closes the door as well. Yeah, <laughs> and um, host couldn't even get through a good lie. And Cordelia even calls out everybody's like, y'all are bad liars, just so yeah, you're aware. They, they should be better liars, considering their jobs. Yeah, they're hella bad liars, but okay. Um, we refer to Wolfram and Hart as e- evil ninja law firm, and I think that should be what we call them from now on, but probably not. Um, Fred offers Cordelia food, as in a sandwich or a cookie. I would like both. I made cookies this past week. Chocolate chip. Ooh. Delicious. Yum. Yes. Anyway, so I want a sandwich and a cookie. Yes, you can have both. Yes. Nailed it. Um, and so Angel goes to host's room and he's like, if it's bad, I need to know. And host is like, it's bad. Good night. <laughs> and he goes through all this stuff and he's like, have you ever heard of slouching towards Bethlehem? And I was like, hey, nailed it. <laughs> um, and he's just like, basically everything's going to get real, real bad. And that's what this is with Cordelia. It's real, real bad. Has to do with like revelations in the Bible. So basically Cordelia coming back is ushering in the apocalypse is what I've come to um, figure. Yeah. Yep. So that's good. Um, yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> evil's coming, Angel. And it's planning on staying. And then, along with evil, we get Wesley and Lila. <laughs> you hate this so much. I hate them. Okay. Um, so, we will get to that. Ew. It was my first note. They're cuddling. They're all being all cutesy or whatever. Ugh. And she just goes, it's not a secret, you know, that we're together, that we're doing this. And he goes, no, I didn't figure it would be like Wolfram or her is supposed to know things. He goes, She goes, Angel knows too. And he goes, I don't work for Angel anymore and I could care less what he thinks. And she's like, liar, you do care. <laughs> Last time you said you didn't care, you went and fished him up from the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And then he says something about their relationship. And I couldn't handle it. And apparently he lost a bit. (laughs) Yes, he lost a dollar for calling it a relationship first. (laughs) And he takes a dollar out of his wallet. And she goes, I want you to sign it. So that we all know what happened here. (laughs) I don't want this to be a thing. I don't want to like them. I can't. Turns out it doesn't, can, it doesn't matter at the end of this. You, you can like them. You can nope. hate them. No, I, 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 can, I cannot like them. It would go against every fiber of my being. 
Okay. Um, Cordelia calls Angel Mr. Bumpy Face, which is a good alter ego name for Angel to go by. And she runs into the guy that Host was talking to earlier, and his mouth opens up in four ways, and he oh, I hate that. It's gross. So gross. Um, I thought Angel and his vampire hearing was going to come in extreme handy. Because he, like, hears something from all the way across the hotel. Um, but basically, Connor saves Cordelia's life from this uh, demon. And he goes, you're not safe here. And she goes, you think? Can you get me out of here? <laughs> and they get yeah. the fuck out. Uh, the F out. Yep. Um, and so it's later and Angel's like, you let her get away. And Fred's like, grown woman, the word, the words grown woman come to mind. Mm. And Fred and Gun goes, could she turn me into a rat? Cause she said she could turn me into a rat earlier. <laughs> He's really concerned about being turned into a rat. It seems. Yeah. So, um, they said something about host running away and he goes, first, I wasn't running. I was fleeing. And second, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just fess up. Just own it. Yep. He was running away because something's really, really wrong with Cordelia's future. Um, so, um, Cordelia and Connor go to a museum where Connor is staying above in a little, like, side like a, a room or i don't know if it's supposed to be in a storage unit i don't know what's going on but he lives uh, in a museum yeah i yeah i figured it was storage okay so yeah so he's up there and she goes why are you why are you doing this he goes you were nice to me once yeah i did try to kill you by putting a knife to your throat sorry about that and she was like you know, you were the first person to be honest with me out of everybody, and I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, honesty, on, honesty, is the, honesty is the best policy. Yes, that's what I've been told. <laughs> um, so we go to Wesley and Lila. Lila gets a call that they've... Cordelia's back. She goes, she's back, and you've got a positive visual, and Wesley hears all of this. And they said that they were going to, um, she said, to put the extraction plan in place and to execute. Yeah. Um, and so she goes back into the bedroom where uh, Wesley is feigning sleep. And she, he goes, you're leaving? And she goes, no rest for the wicked. And I was like, and you are that. Um, we go back to the museum and Cordelia is talking to Connor and she sounds like a little kid because she goes, I'm, I'm scared. He, he told her that she was safe and she goes, then why am I so scared? And she goes, I just, I can't remember like who my friends were and like, did I have siblings? Who was my first kiss? And the emptiness would be the worst part of this entire experience. Yeah, I was about to say, it's just... Not the frustration of so not being able to remember, the emptiness of not being able to remember. 
I I feel so sorry for Cordelia through this. Like, just mm-hmm. everything's erased for her. Like, she's got nothing. Yeah. Um, but Connor's like, well, I can fill in these few details. He goes, you like shoes and donuts <laughs> and you're very brave. And she goes, really? Donuts? <laughs> I was like, they're quite good. And he goes, you're, <laughs> and he reiterates, like, the most important part of what I said is that you're brave. Yeah. Just let's, so you let's, know. Let's, let's forget the donuts for a minute. Yeah. And he's like, you've done a lot of things where you were really brave and I really appreciate it. Um, so big ups to Connor for the pep talk. Cause he really kind of was awesome to her. Um, mm-hmm. so Wesley turns up at AI and is like, I know where Cordelia is and they're going to get her. Yep. Cause he overheard Lila on the phone, obviously a few scenes earlier. Yep. Is I was like, is this what will get them back together? the AI fully, but apparently not. Not at this time. <laughs> um, we go back to the museum apartment, and I just want to reiterate that there is boob touching, and I don't want us to overlook it. Okay. What, what, what do you want to say about Connor the boob touching? touched Cordelia's boob, and no one talks about it. Okay. Do you want to talk about it now? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying it happens. I don't want. I didn't want yeah. us to overlook it. No, no, I acknowledge it. I okay. acknowledge that Connor touched the boob of his surrogate mother. Okay, just want to make sure we were clear on that. Um, anyway, that he doesn't know. Yes, and he then like covers her mouth, and he's like, "Someone's here, so you need to be quiet." But. Uh, the Wolfram and Heart dudes break in and Connor's like, you're going to have to fight, so I'm going to give you the sword and hopefully you remember how to use it. But she does, because she's a warrior. Ta-da. Um, so then AI breaks in like normal and also help with this whole thing. And Lila's in communication with the guys that are in there. And she's just like, tell the bo-, uh, she does say, tell the boys it's fourth and ten. Which is football speak. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, okay, where are we going with this? It's for, it's uh, basically uh, it's it's a lot of explaining how American football works. It's a it's a thing. Fourth and ten basically means get out of there. You're gonna have to give up the possession of the ball, basically. So that's why I said punt. It's a whole thing. It's fine. You don't need to understand it. It's not that important. Anyway. Okay. Um, so Angel's like, we should probably head back to the hotel. And um, they want to get out of there. But Cordelia's like, I'm staying with Connor because he's honest to me. Yep. I was like, like I, I kind of I'm kinda of with her, fair enough. Like I was like, Angel, bro, she just picked your kid over you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like like it's gonna sting. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um so I was like, that's truth. Peace, guys. Um we get Wesley visiting Lila. I was like, come back to the light, Wesley. You know you want to. Or no, it's just like him 
I don't know. I said come back to the light, Wesley. I don't know if Wesley was actually in a scene. Maybe I was just saying that because I know. I yeah. Know. Anyway, I think he is. Um, but Fred, Gunn, and Angel arrive back at AI, and they were talking mad smack like usual. And they find that host is tied up in the office. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what happened. Wesley got up Lila for um. Using him. She, like, planted that information knowing he would go to Angel and tell him. And so Angel would then go after Connor mm-hmm. um, to save, well, not go after Connor, but go to Connor to save Cordy from Wolfram and Hart so Wolfram yeah. and Hart could attack Lorne. That's what yes. it was. That's why you were talking about him coming back to the light. Yes. Um, but basically, Wolfram and Hart tied up um, Lorne and had something burrow into his brain and take the memories of Cordelia. It goes, they sucked it out of his head. I was like, oh, gross. And Angel goes, Lorne, how much did they get? He goes, all of it. Wonderful. This is great. And, And that's when Wesley turns up at Lila's apartment. And he he's like, you used me. And she goes, no, you used yourself. You took the information that you heard and made a decision, which helped me. <laughs> and he go, she goes, before you go all righteous fury, figure out who you're actually mad at. Oh, 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 he, okay. I understand what I, why I put, come back to the light, Wesley. He picked up the dollar that was on the ground. That he had signed. Uh, yeah. That's what it was. Anyway, going okay. back to uh, the conversation with Lila. Um, so apparently burrowing into his brain was the nice way to go about it. Because they could have just taken his brain in a jar. Apparently. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he goes, is this some way to try to get me to trust you again? She goes... Wesley, if I thought you'd ever trust me, I'd never have played you like that. Ouch. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now and then I'm not gonna bring it up again. Wesley's going back. Okay. Yep. Mark it. Um and we end the episode with Connor watching over Cordelia and Angel watching over Cordelia's old room. Connor is more Angel than Angel even realizes. <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. Um, so, some little fun facts. Um, the song Cordelia sings is the same song she sang back in talent show all the way in season oh my one. Gosh. In which her performance was equally as terrible. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um... The reason Gunn is dismayed when Cordelia threads turn him into a rat is because he has mousophobia. <gasps> he does? Apparently I didn't know, know mousophobia was a thing. Uh, apparently it is. It's from, it's, it's confirmed in a later episode by, according to this citation. Uh, not much later though. It's, it's, I'll let you know. It's not much of a spoiler. Uh, season four, episode seven, this is confirmed that he has massophobia. Okay. So there you go. 
Um, Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After looking through some past photos, Cordelia says, yikes, when looking at a photo of her hair when it was cut short in the Shroud of Ramun. This is an inside joke as as Charisma Carpenter disliked this specific haircut and has stated so um, in a season two featurette. It's funny. Yep. Um, The vampire-run towing company at the beginning of the episode is an example of the modern vampire as put forth by Mr. Trick all the way back in season three of Buffy. Dang. Uh, The vampires can either take advantage of the caller's distress and feed on them or tow the vehicle and make a legitimate profit all at their own discretion. That's funny. Um, so our international titles are Heading Towards Hell and Lies and Truth. Whoa. I don't I don't know which one I like better. Tell me who did it either of them. Both of them. Um so Heading towards hell is the um, Germans. Lies and truth is the French. Hmm. Interesting. They both went totally separate ways with it. One focused on, you know, where Cordelia is leading them, basically, and the other is focusing on what they did to her. Yep. Um, so, what did you rate this episode? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I don't like Lila and Wesley, as you know, and I hate Wolf and Hart whenever they show up. Um, <laughs> so they're annoying. I don't know why. I just, they're so annoying and not worth my time. Uh, so I gave this an eight. Fair and enough. a half. Yeah. Oh, oh. Hmm. Because I think, feel like it moves forward like we found out that, uh... Something bad's happening because of Cordelia. I mean, not because of her, but her coming back is probably a sign that something's up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I gave it an eight. It's enjoyable enough. Nothing special in my book, unfortunately, which is sad because it should be because Cordy's back. But um, anyway. Okay. Um, your favorite moment. Oh, man. Um, oh, I, hmm. I like the whole interaction after they beat up the Wolfram and Hart goons with it's like, you're Russian spies and the whole thing. It's funny to me. <laughs> Mine was actually Cordelia in the room looking through all her stuff. It's kind of sad, but kind of funny. And yeah, yeah. Um, and this week's character shout-out. Cordelia. Because... You want to elaborate or just... Dude, girl is going through some things. Mm -hmm. She just came back from a higher plane, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know who she is, doesn't know who any of these people are. Yeah. Doesn't understand how, what happened with her high school and why people are writing weird things in her yearbook. Like, it's a lot. Yep, yep. Um, mine's going to Cordy as well, and yeah, for the same reason. She's just going through some stuff. Yes. Indeed. Um. 
And so that brings us to next episode, which is called Supersymmetry. Okay, so now that we're split up between Cordelia being with Connor and AI still being AI, I think we are going to um, be looking at how Connor and Angel are similar in the ways that they handle situations. Mm-hmm. This is going to kind of be like a back and forth episode where it shows how pretty much the same person they are. Um, yeah. And it's going to be, you know, Connor protecting Cordelia and um, Angel protecting Cordelia from afar. And maybe we'll have some Wolfram and Hart nonsense. Ooh, maybe maybe Wesley will try to play Lila and try to get the memory of that. Well, the Lorne thing back from Wolfram and Hart. Maybe. And we'll show how he's really back on their side. (laughs) Yeah, so much for it. I'm not bringing this up again, but... Well, it, it, I'm not going to harp about it on, like, during the episode recap. I was yep. just saying. Okay. Like, I, like I've harped right. on about uh, Spike getting a soul, which I was right about, in case anybody yep. forgot. <laughs> you were right about Terra dying. You predicted that from, like, season four. Yeah, I did. Or something ridiculous, or the start of season five. You're like, she's going to die. Yep. Um, and then you predicted Spike's soul for about the same amount of time. Yep. And they both happened pretty much at the same time. Yep. Did it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so that wraps up our episode for this week. If people want to get in contact with us, we have a website, mmpodcastnetwork.com. We also have an email address, mmpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Feel free to send us any nonsense you so desire. Uh, if you want to communicate with us on social media, we are on Facebook at MM Podcast Network, on Twitter at MMP Network. If you want to tweet me personally, I'm at Mel Bickett. Marissa, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter or Instagram at rissaru 312 They should rate and review us on iTunes. And I think we got everything else, so we will slay you later, guys. <laughs>